Welcome back to the Renowned Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Morris. I'm so excited for the show we have lined up for you today. But before we get started, I want to share that if you're ready to fast track your career and achieve extraordinary success, I have a program that will ignite your potential and propel you to new heights. As a high-level executive coach, I specialize in empowering leaders like you to unleash your full potential and excel in your career. Whether you're seeking a rapid advancement in your current career or a seamless transition to a new industry, I'm here to guide you every step of the way. Imagine having a trusted advisor who understands your unique challenges and provides you with a proven roadmap for success. Together, we'll work from your strengths, overcome obstacles, and position you as a magnetic force in the professional world. Now is the time to break free of, from the limitations holding you back and step into the extraordinary career you deserve. Don't settle for mediocrity when greatness is within your reach. So claim your spot. It all starts with a compliment, complimentary session. Just go to renownedleadership.com and click the book now button or click the link in the podcast description below. Accelerate your career, embrace your true potential and become the influential leader you were destined to be. Remember, success favors those who take decisive action. Seize this opportunity and join the ranks of the high achieving executives who are making waves in their industry. With all that being said, I'm excited to introduce you to today's guest. I'm so excited to bring you guys today's guest. He is the founder of the Next Level University podcast. He's an entrepreneur, a public speaker, and this dude is amazing. If you guys read my blog this week, I actually talked about something we talked about in this episode, um, which is uh, the guest, is by, by the way, is Kevin Paul, Paul Mary. And um, again, he's the, the host of the Next Level University podcast. And um, in this episode, he talks about the, the three pillars of success being, is it humanly possible? Is it personally possible? And mo most importantly, is it worth it? So I hope you guys find immense value in this podcast. Make sure once it's over that you go check out uh, Kevin's podcast. It is an amazing podcast. And uh, check out everything else he does. As always, his links are in the show notes and bio and all that other stuff. So make sure you do that. But um, I I'm just really, really excited. This is probably one of the favorite, uh, one of my most favorite conversations I've had since I've started doing this podcast. And it's been almost a year now. Uh, I believe it's a year, the 26th of this month. Well, I've been doing this for a year. Anyway, I digress. So yeah, I'm really excited and I hope you guys really enjoy it. And so without further ado, here we go. You, Steven, the second you ask, I'm going. All right, go. <laughs> so this was three or four years into our journey, probably three. And it was supposed to be a wonderful time, but it was actually a really challenging time. So my business partner and I went out to California for an event. It was a self-improvement event. And while we were out there, we brought all our equipment and we said, we're out here. We know people in California. Let's interview as many people as we can. And we interviewed somebody at their house in Malibu on the ocean. We interviewed somebody else in our hotel room. 
But we ended up going to this mansion in California and we interviewed this guy in his movie theater. And afterwards, we go outside and he has a tradition. If you go to his house, he brings out this Benihana style grill and he cooks for you. And it's like, it's weird. It's very strange. But he brings out his grill and he's cooking for us. And here I am quite honestly living my dream of being a podcaster and being in California, interviewing somebody at their mansion. But him and his business partner, uh, my business partner started talking about business. And I remember I got so insecure, Stephen. I was so, I was so insecure. I was so triggered. And this amazing thing that was supposed to be happening was one of the times I learned the most about myself because I had to go inward and figure out what is happening and why am I not present right now? I know it doesn't sound like a cool story, but now looking back, that was one of the one of the best days of my life because it unlocked so much that you see in front of you today. Yeah, well, I mean, my definition of a cool story, your definition of a cool story, that mm -hmm. that's all part and partial, right? Because the cool story for you is the one that's changed your life. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Then it may not be fun for me to listen to, but but it is fun for me to listen to because I hear I hear a lot of struggle in your story that you didn't even realize was there. And that's so important because especially when you're becoming whether you want to be a, a podcaster, social media influencer, an entrepreneur, we have to know ourselves because every single day when we step out the door or get into our home office, we're selling ourselves, mm. right? We're the product. I, I'm my business. I'm the product. I have to be able to sell myself. You're the, you're your own product. You have to yeah. sell yourself. And if you don't believe in your product, just like if you're trying to sell a vacuum door to door, if you don't believe in that vacuum, if you don't believe that it's the best vacuum in the world, you're not going to sell a freaking one. You mm. might get lucky here and there, but you aren't going to, you aren't going to make a living. So, I mean, that, that, that is a very important story, especially for you, because without, without that story, uh, like you said, the person standing here to, or sitting here today doesn't exist. Yeah. And it's, it's one of those interesting things where sometimes when you quote unquote arrive, you realize how much more there is to strive for. That's been a constant. Every time I get like a huge win, there's always something that comes with it. That's a, a reminder of, look, just because you're winning right now does not mean there aren't losses coming. That's just the way it works. And I, I love the positivity of, you know, life can be easy if you work the right way. I, I appreciate all that. I just don't buy into it. <laughs> I think success I think success makes life more challenging because yeah if you want to maintain the success you got to do what you at least you got to do what you did to to achieve it in the first place so now I have the understanding of every time something like that happens there's always going to be some sort of lesson at least if I can go into it with the understanding of okay this is outside of your comfort zone it's outside of your experience sometimes it's outside of my expectations there's going to be other stuff that comes with that as well and at this point, I've just had enough of those where it makes sense now, and I don't get as triggered. I don't get as overwhelmed when it happens. Right. Well, so so first of all, we don't say comfort zone on this yeah. show. We we say failure to grow zone okay. because that's yeah. what a comfort zone is. It, mm -hmm. it stops you from growing. Yeah. Um, but uh, that that's such a good point because in a good example would be you know in in the military, I, I'm an amazing marksman, right? I, I could. Uh, very well trained in uh, the art of shooting a rifle mm. and I get out of the military. I don't do any long range shooting for several years. And then 
I'll, you know, one of my buddies is like, hey, let's go shoot. I'm like, okay. And I wasn't horrible, but I wasn't near the, the skill that I was when I retired. And, and that's so important because, you know, I became very successful in that, in that skill set. But once I stopped training it, mm. it, it went away or started to gradually go away. And success to me is such a big lie. Because we see the BMX biker that can do quadruple backflips, 360s, 540s, all that crazy crap and land uh, on their tires and not fall off their bike. But we don't see the years upon years upon years that they ate pavement, yeah, literally, face first all the time that it took to learn how to do that. And believe you me, the second they stop practicing, they start eating pavement again. So that's such a valuable lesson. So important. And the mo most important thing is, you know, and that's something I, I love to use the, the BMX bike story because or comparison because they literally have to be okay with hurting constantly. Yeah. Because it yeah. doesn't feel good to fall off those bikes, especially when you're coming down from, from that high with that much momentum. Like, I can imagine. You gotta, you gotta be okay with pain. Yeah. And they are because they know that eventually it's going to pay off in the long run. Mm. Well, that's a belief you have to have. You have to believe it'll be worth it. Anything, right? For you, if you, if somebody came to you and said, hey, we're going to, you know, I want you to practice shooting every day. And in your mind, you're like, what's the, like, what's the point? Is it going to be worth mm. it for me to go back to that and spend eight hours a day practicing? Like, what is the ultimate point? Is it going to be worth it for me? I think that's why a lot of us get stuck Three beliefs you have to have if you're going to try something new. One, it's humanly possible. Two, it's personally possible. And three, and this is a big one, it will be worth it. If you don't think it'll be worth it, why would you ever trade in your time, your energy, your effort, your money, your consciousness to accomplish that? It just wouldn't make any sense. It's logically not going to work. But if you, and if you flip that on its head, right, if you believe it'll be worth it, You'll stick with something for a long, long, long period of time. I never thought we were going to be where we are today, but I did believe it would be worth it if we could survive. So, you know, there, there's it's kind of a juggling act between belief and, I guess, just outlasting your fears and insecurities and all that. Absolutely, that's such a that's also a great point because, like, like podcasting, you're an experienced podcaster. Um, I'm sure you remember what it was like that very first podcast. Oh yeah. It's terrible. Not a, not a good time. <laughs> no. um, same for me. Um, and in fact, in my opinion, I'm still not anywhere close to where I need to be as a podcaster, but I'm definitely more comfortable and I'm definitely, I can see growth and I can see getting better. Mm -hmm. So, you know, as I keep striving uh, to, 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 to get to that success that I want, but I, I think the other key thing that we have to understand is our definition of success. Because success isn't money. Success isn't a big house. Maybe for you it is. But I, I still, on a deeper level, even if success is those things to you, I think there's much more that goes into that. Because, you know, why do you want a, a lot of money? Is it because you 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 grew up poor and you feel insecure about where your next meal is coming from? So then money is not what success is to you. It's security. It's safety. Mm -hmm. So what what is your definition of success? It's, it's a great question because you just kind of hit the nail on the head for me. I, I want to have the most holistically successful life. And when I say holistically, I don't mean, I'm not talking about like medicine. I'm talking about health, wealth, and love. 
So I want to be the most in shape and the most capable I can be. So I train like a bodybuilder and I train like, train like a kickboxer. Like I, those are my two kind of go-tos. I want to have the most love I can. So I don't want to be somebody who doesn't understand my wife. I don't want to be somebody who isn't willing to have the hard, vulnerable conversations. I don't want to be somebody who just puts her feelings off and says, I'm, you know, I'm working, I'm making a lot of money, all that. I don't want that to happen. And I want to have as much money as I can because at the end of the day, that's what funds the mission. But there is also a deep part of me who is very certainty driven. I grew up without a lot of money. I know money can bring certainty and it can bring choices. Is it going to make me more fulfilled as a human being? No. Will it bring me momentary bouts of happiness? Sure. But they're not necessarily sustainable. So for me, happiness is and success is getting to do what I love every day and being fulfilled while doing it. And that it's it's really that interesting thing of on the day to day, I'm not that happy. You know, like today I have three interviews and I'm happy that I get to talk to amazing people like you, but I'd rather be playing Call of Duty for a hundred percent, right? I, I would, I just would. And I don't want to lie about that. But when I get to the end of the day and I reflect on this, I'm going to be very fulfilled. Right. I'm not going to be fulfilled playing Call of Duty. Number one, I suck. And number two, it's just, it's not me growing and contributing towards something greater than myself. So success is that. It's achieving health, wealth, and love, but also being able to do this every day and just add value and grow and contribute. If you offered me a billion dollars right now to stop everything I was doing, I'm doing right now, I couldn't. There's no way I could take that because I know that would be an empty life in maybe a year. It'd be really good for a year, but then it would be like, I miss this. This is what I love doing. This is success to me. Absolutely. That, that, that's a great point. And, and for me, success doesn't even involve money. For me, success is pretty much what you said. Like, what kind of impact do I have? Right? Money is going to come to me eventually. Right? I don't make near as much as I would like to. But eventually, as, as long as I, I keep working, I'm going to get paid for my work. That's just the way the world works. Mm. But the more important thing is, am I perfecting my craft? And am I becoming a valuable asset to people? And then more the most important of all is, am I impacting people's lives? Mm -hmm. Because if you impact people's lives, then you become, you know, they can't replace you. They, they don't want to replace you. So they're going, they're going to keep paying you. And that, that, that to me, that's what success is, uh, is I want the absolute most impact I can have. I want to be able to say, no, this isn't right. We got to change some stuff and, and, and people listen to me. Yeah. So what, what was, what helped you? So, I mean, the, the story you opened up with, we're, we're going to call that rock bottom number one, because I, I'm sure you've had many rock bottoms just like everybody else, mm. but we'll, we'll call that rock bottom. Number one, like what, what strategies or practices did you habits maybe you, you introduced into your life to help you overcome uh, just what you felt like was man, like this isn't fulfilling. Yeah. It's interesting. I talked to, so a couple things I asked myself why a lot. I love asking why. So like, why do I feel connected to you? 
you've used a lot of the words that I use. You speak in ways that I speak. Like I feel like you and I are cut from the same cloth in a way in terms of our self-improvement and our goals and the impact we want to have. So it's like, I feel connected to you. Why? Okay. That's a reason why. Okay. What's an, what's the layer under that? Why? Honestly, a lot of times I go on podcasts that are hosted by men. There's a lot of ego and there's not a lot of ego with you. Interesting. Okay. That's another layer. What's under that? Right. So I try to go, why, 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 why? That's how I started. I started from a place of why do I feel the way I feel in this moment? And then what's the layer under that? A lot of times for me, it was, I feel insecure. Therefore, the person that's making me feel insecure is bad. And that's just not the truth. The way I feel because of somebody else is not necessarily their responsibility and or their goal. Sometimes that's just a me thing. It's not a you thing. It's a me thing. So I started by asking myself why. I... I want it to be hyper-conscious. I want to know why I'm thinking, why I'm thinking all the time and how to shift that. That was one of the things. The second thing, and particularly in that instance, I told my, my business partner, I said, I don't know if I'm smart enough. And he said something very powerful. He said, what if you're not smart enough yet? What if you're not smart enough? What, do you don't, what if you don't know enough about what you need to know about yet? That was the day where I started learning, and I, I have not missed a day of learning in, since then. It's been years of me learning every single day for 30 minutes. That was the, oh, interesting. I can actually get smarter? Oh, cool. All right, let me, let me try that. So those were really the big two things. Like The number one habit for me is, is learning. To your point about mastering your craft, right? It's very hard to master your craft until you learn more about your craft and you got to learn about yourself. So those are the big ones for me. The learning is a big one. Um, I'm lucky now where I get to podcast every day. So like that, I get to have these conversations so often where for me, many of these thoughts are just, I'm talking about them so often. This is my life. So self-improvement is quite honestly the way I live, which is amazing because I, I have a very unique benefit where if I don't get better, I don't get to, I don't get to teach people. So yeah, I would say that it's, it's the, the self-awareness of asking yourself why and understanding you are the key to a lot of the locks in your life and then learning every day. I don't know if there's anything more valuable, the best use of my time for 30 minutes. I don't know if I can find something with a higher long-term ROI than learning. Absolutely. Yeah, no, I'm, I love that you brought that up. And then anybody that's listened to me uh, or heard me speak or any of that for like five seconds, they've heard me say this before, <laughs> but the best advice I've ever gotten from a mentor in my entire life was I, I was just a young private in the army, maybe 19, 20 years old. And my, my first sergeant told me that there is no such thing as a wasted day as long as you've learned at least one new thing that day mm. and it doesn't matter what it is it doesn't matter if it's just trivial knowledge about you know something you know how water flows you know this way instead of that and it doesn't matter like as long as it's something new that you didn't know the day prior you have not wasted your day mm. and that really like you that really impacted me because it, it made me realize like I need to constantly be bettering myself because that's what learning is. And now I'm this dude. I crush trivia games. Crush them. <laughs> crush. <laughs> if it was a professional sport, I would be Michael Jordan. Like <laughs> I can crush some trivia because that's that's how I started is, you know, I just just learning stupid facts. 
or little interesting tidbits, but now, now it's more of I'm reading books and reading philosophy and um, th- things like that. But you're, you're, you're spot on with learning is the key. Like once you stop learning, you, you've pretty much, in my opinion, given up on your, given up on your life. I never understood it. I remember the first book, the first book I read with the intention of getting better was Rich Dad, Poor Dad by Robert Kiyosaki. Great book. But I remember asking my business partner, I said, I don't, how is this going to help? And I was serious. I wasn't being facetious. I was, I was genuinely, I didn't understand how malleable the brain was. I didn't understand that the way I was that day was not the way I had to be forever. And it's interesting, even to your point, some days I will go watch something that is completely unrelated to self-improvement. It'll be like, how do engines work? Like, that's good to know. I don't really know. I don't really understand. All right, cool. Let me do that. You know, how are, how are bungee cords made? Like, I like to know some weird stuff because it's not really outside the realm of what you're going to use because it's knowledge. You never know when that's going to come in handy. And the interesting thing about knowledge is it, not only does it compound, but it bonds to other things. So if you understand the way a wheel works, you kind of understand every wheel in a way. If you understand the way a parachute works, you understand the way drag works. And it's like, oh, interesting. You know, when I put my arm out the window, is that why it gets pulled back and almost ripped off? Oh, interesting. So things start to start to really connect. And yeah, I get excited about that. If you talked to me six years ago, I would not be as jazzed about learning as I am today. I assure you of that. And I would not even recognize this version of me, most likely. <laughs> Genuinely. That's, yeah, I, I feel you. I feel you. Well, that's hilarious. Well, what's your favorite book right now that, oh, that you man. read recently? I read a book. It's called The Hidden Habit of Genius. My business partner recommended it for me. And it's this, I don't know what what school this guy was a professor at, but he studied geniuses. Uh-huh. And he he put together all of the traits of the geniuses. And it was just super interesting to see how a lot of geniuses were not known as geniuses till after they died, which is interesting. That's always an interesting thing. They usually struggle with relationships. Almost all of them struggled with personal relationships. Just how driven they were, just how obsessed with growth they were, mastery. It's just a very interesting thing because when you see people a lot of us villainize, you know, the Mark Zuckerbergs, the Elon Musks of the world, but they're they're playing with cards that most of us don't have. You know, the level of genius that it takes to create what they've created is just something that's super, just super interesting to me and very inspiring, honestly, because the amount of attention they get and the amount of pressure they're under, I can only imagine. Right. I, I can't even imagine, honestly. I can't imagine what it's like to to be the richest human on the planet and have like two or three of the most successful companies on the planet. It's gotta be a weird feeling. So yeah, it's crazy. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's one of my favorite things to talk about is, you know, people, people, people look at Mark Zuckerberg or Musk and they're like, you know, I could never, I could never do that. And it's like, okay, so let, let's break down. And, and you're at, you know, Musk is, he's got to be a genius. Like that, mm-hmm. if you've ever heard that dude talk for 10 minutes, like he'll blow your mind with how yeah, smart yeah. he is. Yeah. But more importantly, intelligence is useless unless you use it. Mm-hmm. Right. So 
I love my story of when he started out with his brother of they worked in 12 hour shifts. They never left their office. They would work for 12 hours on their computer programming and then they would swap out. The other one would go sleep on the couch while the other one went and worked on their, on their programming. And then, you know, vice versa. And that they did that seven days a week for several years. That was their life. It wasn't, it wasn't, you know, going to parties and red carpets and what we see now with Musk. It was tirelessly yeah. w- without end in sight working hard. And I think that's what really screws a lot of people up is they don't see the light at the end of the tunnel and that demoralizes them. So they quit. Mm-hmm. So how, how do you stop yourself from quitting? Yeah, that's a great question. So first of all, I have a tattoo that says never quit on my arm. So like I, I look at it often, so that, <laughs> that helps, but I don't know. Here, here's the interesting thing. When I started this journey, I started this from a place of passion. I never, I wasn't doing this for money. If I wanted to make money, I wouldn't have been a podcaster. I would have done something else. There's a lot of other things that are more profitable than podcasting. So I started this from a place of passion. I ended up quitting my job because I had suicidal ideations. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go all into the thing I love. I love this so much that I jumped in the pool of this passion and I wanted to figure out how to swim. I had to figure out how to swim because a lot of us, I think we find something that's profitable and we try to convince ourselves we're passionate about it. And we jump in the pool and we go and we swim to the bottom. We collect as many rings as we can and we can't wait to get out of that pool. For me, I had to learn how to swim because I want to stay in this pool. I need to get to the end of the week. I need to get to the end of the month. I need to figure out how to last a year. So a couple thoughts I have. One, this is all I have. I traded in everything I have for this podcast and our business and everything we do, right? There is no plan B. This is all I have. I've dedicated my life to this. So quitting is not, I don't even think about that. Number two, I have a very real, authentic conversation with myself, and it goes a little something like this. Kev, either you do what it takes to accomplish the goal, or you do not get to complain about the fact that you don't have the goal when it comes time. It's it's that it's that simple for me. And that's come from years of just understanding that, like, I don't know, a lot of the content I listen to is is empowering, but it doesn't help me. It's not necessarily for me. Right. I'm I'm trying to accomplish something very, very big. And I have to listen to the people who have accomplished the stuff that's very, very, very big because you can't really teach somebody something you haven't done. So right now I'm dieting. I I will weigh 170 pounds when my wife and I go to Belgium, September 4th. In my mind, every time somebody offers me food or every time I want to have a cheat or every time I don't want to work out, that's what I say. You're not going to accomplish the goal then. And you're going to feel bad about it. And it's going to be your fault. It's nobody else's fault. It's raining, so I don't want to go. Or, oh, somebody offered me cake. That's on me. Like, that is a me thing. So I have that that conversation with myself very, very often. And then I, I would say the third thing just quickly is where I am today is far beyond where I ever thought I would be. So I do at times feel like I'm playing with house money. But the problems I have today are the problems I wished I had five years ago. And I don't want to lose sight mm. of that. That, that's been huge for me recently is like, I uh, I had to send a, a message to a client because we messed something up and it was like, God, this sucks. Oh my God, I got to tuck my tail between my legs and I have to send an apology. But we have 45 clients, like that's going to happen. And 
I would have killed to have 45 clients five years ago when I was broke. So just going back to the beginning, understanding that there's all, I think there's always mud that comes with the green grass. And right now that's the mud and that's okay. That's good mud to have compared to five years ago, six years ago when I was in $35,000 of credit card debt and I couldn't afford to pay rent. Like those are different problems. Now it's, you know, that. So I try to stay grateful for that because if I lose sight of the journey, I lose sight of everything. Yeah. Uh, that That's, that's funny you say that. I don't know. People ask me why, where my never quit mentality comes from. And I honestly can't tell you, I think I was just born with it. Mm. I don't have a quit bone in my body. I'll say I'm going to quit, but that's just me being pissed off. <laughs> like, and then after I calm down, it's like, okay, I'm not going to quit. I'm going to try this new thing mm. and that's not going to work. And then I'll try something else. And it's just a, a perpetual cycle until eventually I finally figured out and I get the thing done, whatever it is I'm trying to do. Mm. But I, I just, I can't bring myself to quit. Like, even if it's a, a good quit, like, you know, something, cause sometimes quitting is good. Yeah. You know, but I, I still struggle, even though I know like, okay, I got to quit this because what what's happening right now is bad. But I still struggle because that that I'm so against quitting that that I I can't even quit the, whenever it's good to quit, mm -hmm. and so it, it, I love that you said that. But so you you talked a little bit about goals, um, and I, I'm big on goal setting, huge on goal setting, um, but I've noticed uh, kind of a trend lately and I've I've written about it I've spoke about it quite a bit and that is that you know the the new narrative is successful people don't set goals which I think is absolutely asinine <laughs> right you mean to tell me the Kansas City Chiefs didn't have the goal of winning the Super Bowl last year mm. no of course they did now all the other 31 teams did too but the, the, the important thing to understand is, so the Chiefs had the goal of winning the Super Bowl. That, and then they took that goal to empower their systems. Their systems were better than the other 31 systems of the, of the other teams. So they all had the same goal, but the, the, it's the systems that drove the goal for the Chiefs that caused them to win and be better. So... I, I think people misunderstand goals. I, f I feel like people think, oh, I'm just going to write down this New Year's resolution and I'm going to lose 50 pounds this year. Mm. But that that's not how it works. You have to have the system. So do you, is that kind of similar to what you do? Do you, do you have like a specific way you use your goals to, to fuel your future? Yeah, yeah, we're we are massive on goals when it comes to goal setting and and reverse engineering outcomes like that's kind of what we're doing on a daily basis. So for us our long-term goal is to have the most successful self-improvement company on the planet. Like that's what we're playing for. That's why we and you'll see, right? So here's the interesting thing. That's the main goal. Okay, cool. The monthly goals or the quarterly goals or the yearly goals are broken down from that. So like, what does that look like in 50 years? Okay. You know, how do we break that down? And then it breaks down to year to quarter to month to week to day. And then, so if I say I, I track 27 habits a day, 
a lot of people are like, that's insane. It's like, honestly, I, I have to track more if I want to have the level of success I want in 50 years. Nobody knows that yet. So yeah, right now, what works really well for me is because I'm not, my business partner can see 50 years into the future. I can't. I'm not blessed with the brain that he has. I like quarterly goals. Quarterly goals really, really, really help me move the needle because it's like, okay, so just as an example, my I have my whiteboard over here, it was 13 new podcast clients, 83,000 new listens, and I was going to weigh 179 by the end of Q2, right? So that's like, I'm looking at that every day and it's simple. That's not that much, right? It's just three things to focus on. It inspires me when I make progress, but it doesn't, it doesn't break my spirit when I'm too far behind. This is the interesting thing I've learned about goal setting over the last, really over the last year, we've been focused on this a lot. We've talked to a lot of people about this. I think most people set goals that are too big for them. Now, here's the thing though. You'll hear a lot of very confident people say, if your goals don't scare you, they're not big enough. I understand. If you have a level 10 out of 10 belief in yourself, you should set level 10 out of 10 goals. But if you have a level two out of 10 belief in yourself, you should let you should set level two out of 10 goals because you need the momentum. You need the momentum. This Ooh. is why it's very it's very dangerous to listen to like an Elon because I don't know if he understands how confident he actually is. I don't know if he understands how much of a robot he actually is where the vast majority <laughs> of people just can never operate the way he does. Right. I think that's an important distinction for all of us. Goals are personal for a reason. Now, here's why New Year's resolutions don't work. Because most people don't believe they can actually lose 50 pounds in a year. That's not a belief they have. They're mm -hmm. not. It's beyond their current capabilities. What they should say is, I'm going to go to the gym three times this week. That's my, I'm right. going to go to the gym three times this week. And I'm going to go to the gym three times next week. Then I'm going to go maybe four times. And then I'm going to start weighing myself. And then I'll, then maybe I'll start tracking my food. That's a way better approach than saying, I'm going to lose 50 pounds in 52 weeks. The time perspective is too far out. The goal is too big for their current competence, most likely. And it's not sustainable. A goal has to be sustainable to start. You have to be able to do it consistently next. Then you have to focus on improvement over time. But that's why a lot of New Year's resolutions don't get started because they're not sustainable. It's not being created from a place of desire. It's, it's being created from a place of convenience, unfortunately, right? Unfortunately, because I always used to say that, like if somebody wants a goal, they're not going to wait for a date. I'm not going to wait for like, oh, I'll, I'll start next week. And again, I've I was done about it. to ask you about that. Like, what do you say to the people that are like, I'm going to start on Monday? I've done it too. So I understand. I, I literally, I started my diet on a Monday. So Saturday and Sunday went off the rails a little bit. I, I completely understand it's just a question of why. I, I, I don't think there's anything right or wrong about it. Just ask yourself, why are you doing it? Do you want two more days to indulge? Cool, whatever. You think you're not in the mental headspace right now to, to, to be committed? Okay, that's, that's a conversation worth having or discussing. I just think, I usually say chunk down your goals more. Really. It's, um, we, we talk about it. There is a 100% goal. There's a 99% goal, 66%, 33, and three. A lot of us are, so just for, for reference, 3% goal is something that you believe with 3% of yourself that you could accomplish, right? So like, I can, I can slam dunk. No, I'm five foot four and I'm, I'm bottom heavy. I am not going to slam dunk. I mean, even that's not a 3%, but just as an example, it is a stretch goal. 
So if you have level 10 belief in yourself and you are convinced you can accomplish anything, set and chase 3% goals and you'll be good because it's not going to affect you if you don't accomplish them. A 33% goal is something you believe with 33% of yourself you can accomplish. 66, same, 99, same, 100. Uh, just understanding that I think is very important because it, it might shift the way you set your goals. Maybe if you're somebody who hasn't exercised consistently, your 3% goal is lose 50 pounds this year. But maybe your 66% goal is I'm going to exercise three times next week. I would bet on the person doing the 66% goal that's aligned with their belief over the other the other way any day. Any day. Because it's not it's not going to happen overnight. It really is. Who can do it the longest? Right? right? It's a marathon, not a sprint. Yeah. Yeah, everything is. I'm convinced that I'm convinced we can be the most the the most successful podcast for self-improvement because I don't know if anybody's ever going to be able to catch us with episodes. Really? I mean, we do 7 a week. I mean, unless somebody's going to do 8 a week, which I'm sure there probably are people that do that. But there, there's a there's a reason we do things the way we do. A lot of people say, like, I could never do seven episodes a week. You probably shouldn't because your goal is not to have the most successful self-improvement. That The reason we're doing it is based on the goal, not because I want to do it. I love podcasting, but if there's another day, I'm going to have to do another one. If Stephen comes up with an eighth day of the week, Stephen Day, I'm going to have to do another podcast <laughs> episode because we got to do right. what it takes to get there. So just understanding that it's it's a really hard thing because goal setting is super important but goal setting is not the hard part everybody wants the result most people don't want to put up with the process required and that's completely understandable i i understand that at a very deep level so it's almost that too of when you're signing up for a goal it might benefit you to understand what what's the junk around the goal too so at least you're aware of it yeah, absolutely. And, and that's that's kind of what I was talking about with the systems, right? Like you, your goal is, is, to, is to help you align your systems in your life yeah. so, that, so that you're always oriented towards the goal. And I, I love what you were talking about, about I, I'm like your business partner. I, I do five to 10 year long, long-term goals. Mm -hmm. And so you know, my, my current, my, one of my current five-year goals is I want my company to net me uh, 7.5 million in the green in five years. And so then I, you know, I, and I, I don't do a whiteboard or a vision board or anything like that. I do a journal. Mm. I'm big into journaling. And so, <clears throat> excuse me, I, I take my goal journal and I write down my, my five to 10 year goal. And then I go to the middle of my book and it is, or the middle of my journal. And that's my one year goal and that is fueled by my five to ten year goal and then i go to the end of my 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 journal and that's my monthly uh goal and, or whatever and then that's fueled by the year and mm -hmm. then from the monthly that builds my day-to-day to-do list yeah so that my my actions are always oriented towards my goal and i just completely reverse plan reverse engineer what i want and then just always orient myself. And like you, I look at my journal every single day so that I am focused and I am con making the constant effort that I am pushing myself and executing what I need to execute to get to where I want to be mm. in, in five to 10 years. Yeah. Now, I'm not suggesting that that is the right way because that's very kind of OCD, I guess. 
you could say. Um, so that's not the way for everybody. But the important thing is you need to have it somewhere in your life and you need to figure out what's the right way for you. Is it a vision board with, you know, like you would see in a teenage, you know, preteen girl's room with the cutout pictures of Justin Bieber and all that crap? Um, or is it, you know, a gold journal? Is it just a notebook? Like what systems work best for you? So how do you help people or what advice would you have for people that are trying to figure that out? Like, what's the best way for me to do it? Steven, like Kevin's telling Steven how to, how to become better at setting goals. What, what advice would you have? Yeah, it's, it's hard, right? Because to your point, a lot of people think tracking habits is maybe too concrete or too restricting. And I, I completely understand. I felt very similar in the beginning. I would say this, we have to find a way to measure it. Whatever that means to you, we have to have some sort of way to measure what you're doing because here's the interesting thing. When I get to the end of the the month, I can look back and say, oh, I really, well, two thoughts. I can look back and say, I feel like I really crushed my fitness goals this month. And then I can look at the number and then say, oh, I did 27 out of 30. That's pretty good, right? Versus if I did 14 out of 30, I'm like, yeah, I feel like I crushed it. And then I look at the data and it's like, mm, eh, not really. Oh, interesting. No wonder why I haven't lost any weight because I only went to the gym half the time I was supposed to. I just think having the having the way to measure it somewhere, we have to keep a tally of what's happening because unless you're so lucky that you love doing all the things necessary for success every day and you're just a super consistent human being and you just like do them naturally, there's got to be a way to keep track. So right. my my usual thing is I try to instill habit tracking into people. I And I always say it with the understanding of, I know this seems restrictive. I know it probably, it, maybe it seems too concrete for you, but trust me, if you do this for long enough, it will become second nature. And you will know with certainty every single day exactly what you should be doing. And there will be no questions. When you wake up in the morning, you are not lost. You know exactly what you do. The first thing you do is this. The second thing you do is this. You don't have to do it in that regimented way every day. You don't have to have 27 habits. You can have three, right? We already have habits. The reason a lot of them are negative is because we're not tracking them. We don't know what we're doing. Where's my time going? Why am I not getting the results I want? A lot of that is just because we're we're practicing habits unintentionally. So I would say anything that can help you practice, measure, and manage habits intentionally is worthy of, I don't want to say worthy, is worth doing for you and probably beneficial. Journaling, whiteboards, whatever it is, just something where you can check it off. Oh, I did that. I got my workout in. I, I messaged a prospective client. You know, I spent 15 minutes with my kids or whatever it is. Because I don't know. I don't know if anybody's memory is that good. You're going to remember exactly what you did every day for the month. I don't, maybe, maybe, but yeah, something where you can measure it, you can manage it and you can really be intentional about it. I think, I think would be very beneficial for all of us. Bro. I am so addicted to the check mark. <laughs> so addicted. Like if I, like, you know, a good example, I was supposed to email someone a copy of the podcast. Mm. And as soon as I thought it, I did it. Right. So there's no reason to put that on my list because it's like, it's already done, mm. but I still put it on the list just so I could check it. 
Got because it. I'm so addicted to, to, to those check marks, man. Yeah. It's so important to me. And you're absolutely yeah. right. And it's not the, it's not for, for me anyway, it's not so I can be like, Oh yeah, look at all this. I did it for me. It's the momentum that mm-hmm. it gives me. And, you know, I don't know if you've ever heard the speech, uh, uh, a good friend of mine, um, Admiral McRaven, um, gave a Texas university, uh, Oh, commencement. And he was taught the, the title of his speech, uh, is if you want to change the world, make your bed. I've seen that. Yeah. And, and that's such a good point is when you start your day with a win mm. and then that the, it just keeps fueling the winds. And even if you've had a, you know, if it ends up going downhill, you have a bad day. You're like, well, at least I got these wins. Yeah. And for me, that's motivation. Like, okay, well, tomorrow's going to be better because tomorrow I'm going to change these few little key systems and I'm going to win more. Mm. And it, it's all mindset. Uh, so, and, and I understand that mindset is such a tricky thing yeah. because the, the demons sneak up on us so fast and they're 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 quiet they're stealthy and all of a sudden they're there and they're just crushing our mindset what do you do to keep your mindset healthy and uh not let the imposter syndrome right well i'm just kevin why should anyone listen you've already (laughs) talked about that so what do you do to keep the imposter syndrome away or to keep the 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 you know, I'm not getting the, in the healthy shape that I want to be in mind. Like, how do you keep your mindset healthy? So I have a practice that I do where I, it's just called recent relevant. So I went on a podcast recently and this person was a doctor for NASA. So this person was a space doctor. I didn't even know that was a thing. I didn't even know that was a real thing. I've seen it in movies, but I've never met anybody who was one. And we're getting ready to do the interview. And I remember thinking to myself, there has to be another Kevin Palmieri. There is no way I'm supposed to be on this show. Like, what am I going to talk about with this person who is just so much smarter than me? It's going to be terrible. This is going to be terrible. So I stop. And again, it's just awareness, right? Awareness. What is the most recent and relevant proof I have to either prove or disprove my current belief? The most recent is I did a podcast earlier that week with somebody who is getting their master's or no, their doctorate in psychology. And I had the same moment of, oh my God, this is going to go horribly wrong. It went really, really well. That's the most recent and relevant proof I have. Last time I felt out of my league, I showed up, I gave it everything I had and it went really well. That, that understanding of, I don't know if imposter syndrome is supposed to go away. I really don't know if it's supposed to, because if it does, that means I'm not growing anymore. Mm. If you're just outside of your, of your current capabilities, and there's a book on this called the art of impossible, where he talks about the challenge skills, sweet spot, where you, you find flow, you don't find flow in comfort. You find flow outside of it where something could go wrong, but that's where you have to get like super tapped in. I think that understanding of when you're on the outskirts of what you're capable of, you kind of do feel like an imposter in a way. And I don't think that's a bad thing. As long as your relationship with that is, I can reflect and say, okay, last time I felt like this, I did it and it went really well, right? So that's really how I practice. I had a moment, so earlier it's like, your your never quit factor was way higher than mine, 100%. You went, you're, you were in the military. Like 
there's no way I could handle what you've been through. Not a chance. But that doesn't mean I'm an imposter. It just means we're different. It's okay. Right. right? That's okay. That's that's awesome. And I can I can learn something from you in that. So that's how I that's how I approach that. I just think at the end of the day, if you're growing, you're you're going to be in uncharted territory that you've probably never experienced. It's okay to have those feelings pop up. And the other thing I do for mindset and just like overall health, and I'm big on this, anytime I'm very high emotionally or very low emotionally, I reflect. I look back on episode one. I, I've done it you know, many times. I look back on episode 50, 100. I want to know what life used to be like. When I'm very emotionally high, I do that because I want to keep myself humble. When I'm very emotionally low, I do that because I want to give myself credit for how far we've come. And that really helps me stay balanced. It's just looking back, that's that's super important. And then I, I also, I had a client who said this one time. He said, Kev, the press is never right. And I was like, what do you mean? He said, you're never as good or as bad as people tell you. You're never as good as people tell you and you're never as bad as people tell you. You're usually somewhere in the middle. Like the press is never right. That always helps me too because it's like I get a lot of really kind words and I'm grateful for that. And I also get punched in the face occasionally with comments and stuff and that sucks and I, I don't like that as much. But the truth of the matter is the positive things don't affect me a ton because I don't want the negative things to affect me a ton either. If I'm on the pendulum of I feel amazing and it the reason I do this is for the love. When I get the hate, I'm not going to want to do this anymore. I'm a, mm. I'm a grateful for the love and it's amazing, right? I love that. There's no, there's no better feeling, but I also don't want that to shift me too far because then when I get the opposite of that, which I will, everybody will, that'll affect me even more. So there's a lot of conscious thought and effort for me just to make sure this whole thing is so weird for me. This whole life I live you know, I'm friends with mentors that I once had that I never knew we were going to even interview. Like that level of weird, it just, I think it's my job just to stay grounded and remember all of this is a miracle and we're on a on a rock that's spinning around the universe and if the gravity takes a day off, we all die. Like that is a really good perspective for me to have. That that is such good advice, and I, I really hate this because we're we're coming hard up on the. I time, know, but, I know, because I have like five more questions I wanted to ask. <laughs> I wanted to ask about fear and how you deal with fear and all of that. But so we'll, I'll just have to have you back, and, uh, and and we'll we'll finish the conversation. I really appreciate it, but I definitely want to give uh, give you a chance, uh, or I want you to give a shout out to, to your uh, podcast where people can find you or how people can work with you if they, they want to work with you. Yeah. I always just say the podcast, just search next level university. We're on all the podcast platforms. We're on YouTube. Uh, we just recorded our 1376th episode yesterday, I think. So there's a lot of content. You'll, you'll either, you'll, if you love us, you're going to have a lot to binge. If you don't love us and we're not for you, no worries. Totally understandable. But I think that's the best place you'll learn about our offerings and, and us. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's free. That's the best place to start is what I would say. Absolutely. That's awesome. And of course, I'm going to have Kevin's, uh, all his links to the, all their stuff in the show notes and in the, uh, bio. So make sure you go check that out. Give him some love, likes, comments, five stars and all the other stuff. Um, I, I wish in, in the military, we have a term called dress, right? Dress. And that's where everything is exactly the same lined up. Mm. I wish they would make like comments, likes, 
stars, reviews, all of it, just one thing. So you just <laughs> say one thing and everybody knows what you mean. Makes sense. Right? Maybe if like, you just said, give it love. I don't know if people would know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, so um, I appreciate your time, sir. Of course. But uh, before I let you go, um, every single guest on the show gets the honor of having the last word of wisdom. And so my question to you is, what is your advice for people to lead like champions? I would say understanding that the biggest difference between who you are today and who you want to be eventually is what you do every day. And that's just the importance of habits, the importance of consistency and showing up even when it sucks, especially when it sucks. <laughs> especially when it sucks. <laughs> and, and the funny thing about when it sucks is when in five years, I bet when you look back to episode one, five years ago, yeah. You're like, oh, this sucks so bad in the moment. And now when you look back, you're like, that was a good time. This it's happened. Interesting. That happened. This, I, I look like when I look at my, like going through selection in the military and stuff like that, like it was horrible. It was hell. But I don't remember it that way. Mm. I remember it being kind of fun. Kind of <laughs> definitely funny. Like, so, I mean, yeah, it's crazy how our minds work. But, it is. Kevin, I, I appreciate you joining me. Um, like I said, I'm definitely going to have to have you back. Of course, everybody, thank you for uh, listening to uh, the Renowned Leadership Podcast and uh, joining us this week. I will see you all next week. And don't forget, everybody, lead like a champion. Goodbye. It's really getting too much, but I can't pull back. Yeah, what a great conversation that was with Kevin. Just an amazing dude, uh, a true blessing. Um, and I just, man, I really enjoyed talking to him. And talking to him personally after the fact and before we started recording is uh, he's just a cool guy down to earth. Highly, highly, highly recommend you guys uh, follow him, like all his stuff, give him all the love you can uh, because he, he he's worth it, man. He, he is a good dude. Um, I hope you guys found value in it and most importantly, uh, do some reflecting this week. And if you haven't done so, go read my blog, uh, this week, renownedleadership.com forward slash blog posts, I think is what it is. There's a button, click the button. It doesn't matter. Anyway, um, go check out that blog post where I actually break down those three pillars of is it humanly possible, personally possible, and most importantly, is it worth it? Um, I, I dive kind of deep into it, break it down, go check that out. And I, I encourage you guys to reflect on that this week and just really determine, uh, are your goals aligned with those three principles? Um, I know I had to do a little bit of adjusting when I, when I added that framework into my, my goals for the future. So especially my long, long-term goals. So, yeah, I hope you guys get got that value out of it. And uh, I will see you all next week. And in the meantime, never forget, lead like a champion.